Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the season four finale of the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast show of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and I am down here uh, holding it down in the studio for the end of the year, our new studio that we debuted in season four this year as I, uh, you know, escape my own household and holiday of packed house and family. But with me today are my two co-hosts going all the way back to seasons one and or two. Matthew Aguilar is here. What up, everybody? And Janelle Wheeler is down in her pro studio. Hello, hello. Excited to be here. And yes, for the commenters, this was season four. We've been doing this for four years, and there's going to be a whole tribute I do at the end of this. So if you're a fan and you're listening and you want to get your flowers for hanging out with the show for four years, stick around to the end because I'm going to save all the mushy stuff for the end. At the beginning here, I just completely threw away my show notes, which is great. I'm totally prepared as usual. (laughs) So here we go. Today, we're just going to take it nice and easy for the end of the year. We, I just kind of gave an assignment to the gang, which apparently like nearly broke Janelle. Sorry about that. But you know, we never know what's going to possibly break Janelle. So, and that was just to do a kind of final geek outs for the year. Um, these are things that I know you guys listen to the show. If you're a regular listener, we have subjects I'm sure you're familiar with us talking about, whether it's certain comics, certain movie franchises certain TV shows that we always come back to, but you know, we are more well-rounded hosts. This is the only show that does it all for geek culture. And we're able to do that because so many of the hosts here do so many things and experience different lanes of content from, you know, tabletop gaming to streaming to, you know, regular video gaming to other kind of aspects of the industry we never we don't necessarily get to highlight as much on this show but it's the end of the year we've done our due diligence we fulfilled our contract so i said <laughs> now we get to talk about some stuff we want to talk about so today we're going to kind of geek out about things that we we love that we don't necessarily get to bring to you always on the show because of the nature of the show and what we got to do but we thought we'd talk about it this year because there were some things we loved this year that we didn't like i said get to highlight here So we're going to talk about those today, and we are also going to tell you about what we are hyped for in 2023. And I know we had a procedural discussion right before we started the show, but if Richard's listening in the background, I think we're going to go through all the 2022 stuff, then do 2023 as its own thing. So I think that's how we're going to split it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Everybody take note. All right. Throwing (laughs) monkey wrenches. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, but first, you know, it is the end of the year. We did have one new segment we got to do one new segment. And these are the weeks where we are unveiling the comicbook.com golden issue awards, which is our self-made award show that our team works on very hard. And it's our recognition as people who have to obsess over everything, you know, that some people in the industry are doing all year to recognize what we loved best as the comic book team. So 
We get to kind of present two of those winners. If you haven't been following along, it's been great all week. We've been kind of unveiling our winners of this year's Golden Issue Awards, and we will debut two more of them right here exclusively on Comic Book Nation. So again, stick around. We got a lot of fun stuff to do in the show. Up top, you know, the end of our year and the beginning of our year in season four has really been defined by the situation over at what is now DC <laughs> Studios and Warner Brothers Discovery, neither of which really existed when we began this this season or this year. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's been one hell of a ride for DC. We predicted that DC was going to have this year where it could surge past Marvel as a franchise. And we took some hard L's on that. Some real, real hard L's. <laughs> <laughs> we just Painful. took some big L's and uh, <laughs> yeah instead what we got is a kind of chaotic year where everything about the DC franchise changed and so yeah the hierarchy of power did change like The Rock said just not in the way he thought so <clears throat> last few weeks we've been talking about everything that's been happening at DC Studios as James Gunn has been out there kind of being a one man PR machine and uh, as we end the year it's basically shaping up to be that don't expect we're getting this DC slate announcement. There was a rumor going around saying that, you know, on January 6th, Gunn and his partner, Peter Safran were going to unveil this new DC universe or DC studios slate. Like, you know, at this big event, Marvel style uh, Gunn has come out and said, no, that is not true. That is not happening. So we don't know when they're going to reveal anything to the public. There's no answers there. All we know for sure is that the film slate that was scheduled for next year, which can includes Blue Beetle, Shazam 2, The Flash, and Aquaman 2 is still happening. Uh, we know the Batman movie, the Batman franchise universe is still happening. And we know James Gunn is making his own Superman movie. That's about all we know so far. And that Patty Jenkins ain't making another Wonder Woman movie. Now, right before we came here, Jay, uh, Jim Viscardi, producer Jim Viscardi, was jumping up and down, freaking out because of Jim, one of James Gunn's, sorry, latest photos, which is that he showed a charcuterie board that looked mighty inviting. And that's all I needed to get from it. I was like, yeah, I need to get a charcuterie <laughs> board. <laughs> I don't know. But why. apparently there was also a cat in the background, which was really cute. But in the distant, distant background, there was a table with some books stacked on it. And, you know, Internet's going to Internet. Fans went in immediately, threw it under a microscope. And it turned out that Gunn had um, Grant Morrison's Batman omnibus, the, the three volumes of his Batman works on his table which led to speculation, meaning we created the speculation, but led to speculation of the fact that James Gunn could be maybe looking at Grant Morrison's Batman stories for inspiration of what to do with this new Batman we're going to get inside the DC universe. And basically, if you don't know what that means, that's, I mean, that's an interesting possibility because what Grant Morrison did was, you know, all the stuff we've actually been talking about on this podcast for the last year or so in regards to like Batman and Batman comics. So Grant Morrison, you know, he was the one who brought back Damian Wayne and did Batman and Son and did the whole thing with Damian, the League of Assassins, Raish and Talia Al Ghul, Damian coming to live with Bruce and them figuring that out together. He also did Batman R.I.P., which was his famous story where this villain group, you know, gets together to mess with Batman, both the superhero and Bruce Wayne and psychologically kind of, you know, 
break him down, which led to the first, you know, kind of emergence of the Batman of Zen Ara, which we spent a unusual portion of our year talking about. Um, but that whole persona inside Bruce, that was this alternate Batman persona that was all done by Grant Morrison. He did battle for the cow after, you know, Bruce Wayne was killed in the final crisis or seemingly killed by dark side that uh, these other successors kind of competed for the Batman mantle and Dick Grayson ultimately won out and Dick and bat and Damien become the new Batman and Robin. It's one of my he favorite did, runs you know, of all time. Yeah. I love that. run. Yeah. That's a great run that the Dick Grayson Damien run and them just trying to get along and, mm -hmm. and find their footing together was great. He did return of Bruce Wayne, which is, you know, Bruce Wayne wasn't dead. He was in lost in time and he had to take a whole time hopping adventure through DC's history to get back to modern day and become Batman again. And he did Batman incorporated, which was the idea of Batman kind of using Bruce Wayne as a public sponsor to set up an international organization of Batman crime fighters. Right? So these are all Grant Morrison ideas. And I'm, and they're the ones I'm looking at because they're all potentially great ways to kind of reintroduce Batman and kind of get back into that world, but in a different way, right. That we haven't necessarily seen before. Whether you do something as a first film like R.I.P., which is basically just, a, I mean, it's Batman psychological exam, right? It's like, what is Batman? He has to go and like kind of live without memory for a little bit in Gotham and make his way across like impoverished Gotham. There's a lot there that you could do as a world building and character study piece. The son of Batman stuff is obviously different than anything we've seen before. I don't know how you get some, some of the final crisis unless you just start the story Oof. with a world where Batman's gone, which would be interesting. Oh, but wow. Not That'd unheard of. And then you do kind of the hunt, the battle for the cow and that kind of stuff. I don't know. But um, I thought it was an interesting thing. And I, I think James Gunn is having a little fun with us. So I don't believe totally in coincidence. I don't believe that you can knock this one down and be like, oh, that's just not an Easter egg. You guys are just reading into things. Like, obviously, that was a photo. The photo had multiple layers where he had the charcuterie in the front. Then like a little sneaky kitty, and then something in the further background. So it was like a little weird. It's like a little glass onion puzzle for you, right? So not, not gonna lie, I couldn't see behind besides the cat. Like all I saw was the cat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got as far as the cat later. I like I said, I was looking at the amount of meat to cheese ratio that I was very impressed by in that charcuterie board. Nice. That's kind of where I stopped. But what do you guys I think? I mean beyond the question of oh should we is this real i don't care about that do you guys think this would be interesting material to pull from uh you know uh, i mean yes just because more content i'm i'm just chomping at the bit to see like what is going to happen because we've heard all of the like stuff that's not going to happen i'm ready to hear and understand what is going to happen like i I wish that it was a double whammy. Like I wish they were like, Hey, this isn't happening, but we have these other things. Here's some specifics to like yeah. latch onto. Um, so any, anything is good. By the way, I did link that picture in the chat. If anybody's looking for it, <laughs> look at that, man. On, it. Yeah, um, on Twitch. We got a link join our yeah. Twitch community. We love you guys. Uh, all our fans over on Twitch who kind of join in every week, Matt, what did you as our resident comics expert, what do you say about all this? Um, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's, you know, I think part of it is just James having fun, but also how can just going through the list of Morrison's stories in that in Batman, how can you not take some of those concepts into 
you know, into whatever that Batman ends up being, you know, whether it's to inform the Reeve stuff or whether it's just for this all new Batman that we'll end up getting or something. How can you not take some of those ideas? Cause some of those ideas are, are just gold. You know, it's, 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 it's awesome. That's why we've seen them. We've seen Batman Inc iterated upon. We've seen Grayson as the, you know, this focal point of the Bat family iterated upon. We've seen so many of those concepts live on past just those stories. Uh, for me, it's, I'm very excited for Damian Wayne. Because as someone who, when I first, when you first read that character, he, and it's purposeful at the time, he's a brat. Like he's like complete, like he, he's just <laughs> so like unlikable. Like I just did not like him at all for a while. And then just over the years, he has like chipped, like he's chipped away and different writers have taken different angles with him. And he's like one of my favorite Bat family characters now. And it's just, it's all in the way he's used, but it really all changed with that dick grayson damian wayne team up when they were batman and robin that character just completely changed for me and so i just you just see a new light to him and and they've done so much wonderful stuff with him after the fact so i'm ready for him to be a part of like a cinematic universe i'm ready for a damian wayne to be there doesn't mean i don't want tim drake and i don't want jason todd and all that but i'm just saying i love that idea so if they take anything i would love to see that down the line uh, you don't have to do it right away. Build up to it. Whatever. Take your time. But I, I'm very excited for that. All right. And to close out this segment, um, I invite everybody. I wrote this piece. Yes, this is self-serving, but it's called Why Does D- Why What DC Studio Needs to Build? What do Oh my God, that's a terrible title. <laughs> what DC Studio needs to build a successful universe. So basically, it's just talking about some steps that DC Studios, I feel, could take as somebody. All I am is a guy who's written about fresh starts to the DC universe about five times now. So that's all I know. And here's my only suggestions. Um, real quick, just to run through them. One is a fresh start. This comes off another piece I wrote, which is saying, no, we can't keep straddling the line between like Snyder verse and this verse and that. We just got to kind of start over from scratch. Even if you bring back like a Gal Gadot Wonder Woman, eventually it has to be within this new context and largely most of it should be new. And let's not hang on to the past anymore because that's all over. Um, Then I said, you know, we talked about it and I drew this off our show, which is big comic book events are great. But at the end of the day, you need something simple for people to latch on to and follow. And I think DC is missing a core mythology that is simple and that people understand. And so my thing is, no matter what you start, like even if you're starting with solo character stories, they got to be character stories that are already letting us know this is happening in a world where there are these other people, these other forces, this other mythology. It doesn't have to be weighed down on all this, but we have to know that this is a shared sandbox and it has to be consistent. So even if you're telling a Superman story with James Gunn, then like even if Batman story with Ben Affleck directing, they still got to be in a DC world where that ben, Batman's Ben Affleck knows about, you know, Metropolis and that version of Superman and this, that, and the other. So it all has to be kind of one core mythology. And Whatever events happened in this world, like, you know, an alien came, this happened, that happened. It has to be consistent across, easy to understand for everybody. And they all know that this is one big sandbox and they feel like it, just like Marvel. Um, Next thing is find another formula. Yes, I love DC taking different approaches and doing all these things and making wildly different films. But, you know, Marvel does survive because that formula works. It doesn't matter what movie you see, even if one movie is kind of a letdown you come back and you never lose faith that the franchise itself is going to deliver you that taste you want. And you'll come right back for the next Marvel movie. You know what needs that confidence behind it. 
Yeah. Like they need a formula that it, that delivers at least enough in fun, action, spectacle, adventure, whatever it is that we keep coming back for the entire franchise. And last but not least, you need big events. And you need big events that you kind of like are able to work up to and get to and actually reach because I don't want to be a downer, but DZ hasn't actually reached any big events yet in all these years. We've been promised a lot of big events. We've never gotten to them. So we do got to get to a big event. And for DC, thankfully, a big event means something as simple as a Justice League fighting the Legion of Doom in this first phase, right? If we get a bunch of DC heroes fighting a team of DC villains, that is a big event by DC yeah. standards. They don't need to do Endgame right away. It, it, it can be that simple. You get to final, you get to crisis eventually or kingdom come eventually, but you do need big events that people are invested to working up to. So that's it. And those are my only recommendations. You out of my said, hands now. yeah, out of my hands now. It's all on James Gunn, Peter Safran and God. And I wish them all. Can we the clip this and send it. Uh, anyone want to send this to James? Anybody have his email? Any chance? No, I, I don't know. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure he'll share it on Twitter at some point. I just don't yeah. want to have to write this again, like so. Let's just yeah. do that, okay? All right, <laughs> moving right along. Good let's job, Kofi. Uh, thank you, thank you. That's that's. I've had that in the gun. I've had that. You know, I was about to say I had it in the gun all year, but uh, no fun. <laughs> had that one in the chamber all year. So now let's get to our golden issue awards. So as I said, comic book. We invented our own award show, and uh, we've been unveiling our winners all week. So I want to really quickly kind of break down what our award winner for best comic book TV show was. This year, we had an impressive list of nominees for best comic book TV show because it was the most saturated year of comic book TV we've ever had. But beyond that, there were some real, real standouts. So our list of nominees for the 2022 comic book golden issue for best comic book TV show were Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, Peacemaker, The Sandman, and She-Hulk Attorney at Law. And our winner is... We can get the graphic up if Richard's ready back there. Our winner is Peacemaker. So Peacemaker is officially... Our winner for the 2022 Comic Book Golden Issue Award for Best Comic Book TV Series, as voted on by the comic book staff. Um, it's, it's, I mean, there's an excellent write-up that will be live on comicbook.com later by our own Jenna Anderson, Phase Zero host Jenna Anderson, who's also a big-time DC fan. And as Jenna kind of points out in her breakdown of the winner, Peacemaker was just this surprising thing that James Gunn put together. Um, it had heart, humor, awesome action, horror, all this character study stuff. Special and not effects. only was it good as a TV show, but it was this extension of this movie. And as we discussed on Comic Book Nation over and over, possibly the most successful we've seen of a big blockbuster comic book movie taking its story in a character and spinning it off into a relevant and entertaining standalone TV series that did more than just kind of do cheap kind of plot advancement or give Peacemaker a new helmet or something. Like it was really an in-depth study of this character who we kind of got to know in the movie, but then got this whole other, you know, dimensions of by going in this TV show. And it was, it was must-see viewing every week. And yeah, all the side characters, ensembles, all the even obscure DC characters and villains, Judo Master, 
Um, I forget <laughs> Robert Patrick's uh, name, the uh, the clan guy, you know, like all of those characters and even the alien invasion story all were just great. And so, yeah, Peacemaker made us is one of the big reasons we took such L's because we said, yo, if DC's linking movies and to get, you know, TV together like this, they're starting to get this creator driven, you know, multi-platform universe going. That's going to be so ill. And like, yeah, well, Peacemaker is the example. And hopefully there's going to be much more like it hereafter when DC Studios really gets its thing going. So Peacemaker was our winner for uh, best comic book TV series. Matt, take it away for the next category we are announcing. All right. So, of course, uh, in the world of wrestling, there were some huge matches. And in fact, uh, trying to come up with the best match of the year winner was incredibly difficult. It was actually difficult just to come up with the nominees. <laughs> uh, so for the nominees, uh, we're going to start with CM Punk versus MJF and their dog collar match at AEW Revolution. We've also got Gunta versus Sheamus at Hell in the uh, Sorry, Clash at the Castle. Always want to say Hell in the Castle for some reason. Clash at the Castle. Uh, we also have Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. We have FTR versus the Briscoes at Supercard of Honor. And we have Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania 38. And so that's a pretty stacked field. The winner is Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. Uh, I think was one of the things this was this was difficult. And this was a great match, but also it's just the raised spectacle of it because Cody Rhodes was wrestling this entire match, a brutal physical match with such a massive injury. <laughs> it was just like, there was such a raised level to it all. It wasn't just a match. It was like, Oh my gosh, I'm watching someone put themselves through hell to just do this at all. And you know, the fact like he's still recovering where everyone's hoping to kind of see him, you know, maybe before WrestleMania, but just that alone. And then it was a great match and it was a brutal match and it really lived up to that hell in a cell, you know, theme. So uh, definitely uh, many reasons why this one and a great winner. Can't argue. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right. Those are our comic book golden issue award winners for 2022 in the categories of best comic book TV show and when wrestling uh, best match of the year. You can find the complete list of winners on comicbook.com as they are still rolling out across uh, New Year's Day. So be sure to check it out because we've got winners for like comic book movies, anime, you know, gaming. It, we do everything. So be sure to check those all out because they are so much fun. You can also follow it at the comic book Twitter page. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we have nothing left to do on this show this year except kind of talk about what we are geeking out about and what we geeked out about in 2022, what we're excited for in 2023. And we will review Witcher Blood Origin because I got to talk to Matt about all this. So we're going to settle up some business <laughs> on that front at the end of the year. Plus the final comics of the year. Stay tuned for all of that. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture, the official show of comicbook.com. And this is our season four finale and our final segment. If you're just coming in, we talked about a little bit of where things stand at DC Studios. Plus, we revealed two of our own comicbook.com golden issue award winners for this year um, in an effort to give Richard as much of a headache as possible. 
I am going to once again flip flop for our next segment. So what we are doing for our main segment, our <laughs> our favorite geek outs for 2022 and what we are most hyped for in 2023. So we're just going to go per person and let each person do both and then move it on. So we keep it nice. And okay. Oh my God. Trophy. <laughs> yes, I know. I mean, sometimes it's the last show. I don't have to have it together. Leave me alone. It happens. All right. So now that Matt spoke up, Matt can go first. And, and spend I can't go first because there's a whole plan in place. You have to go. Oh, is there? Yes. Oh. <laughs> All right, all right. Sorry, Richard. Uh, <laughs> where was Richard? Is he is he up here? Let's just let's just get him on here. We, we heart Richard you, Richard. You're amazing. Yeah. Get Richard yes. in here just to like for a quick give him his flowers since the last show of the year. Oh wow! Why wow. you put me on the spot? What's going on? Let's Hi. What's going on? It's just uh, we don't we always give you a headache. Thought people should see you and uh yeah, let's do it. Hello. So Richard, thank You're you for best. everything this year for putting up uh, for uh, putting up. Yeah, I mean Richard is basically Daniel Kalula. Nope, doing this show a lot of the time. I mean that's what he does. He's just standing <laughs> by his cameras and his uh, and his board, and he's just watching us try to rattle this horse and get it in the pen. But uh, thanks, I Richard. Have, I don't have a thank box you. like Drink Champs, but you. I have these wonderful almonds you can have. I'll give them to you next time to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we all know we, we you know what we got you. We got you that win. We got you that win this week. So we think we did good, right? Win where? Oh, did you Titans? I fell asleep. Did Titans end up winning last night? I fell asleep. <laughs> no. Oh, they lost. Oh, wow. So wow. I, thought, I thought it was all good. All right. Well, uh, Richard, this has just been a exercise in pain. Thank you. Thank you guys. The L's never stop as we as we get to the end. I thought the Titans won. I thought everybody was how so happy. Oh man, I, I literally yeah. just woke up, rolled out of bed this morning. My kids have been oh home all week. Your, oh, your team lost. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even. Be, I wasn't trying to be ignorant. I was trying to be nice. I thought they actually won last night. I thought they pulled it out. All right. Well, there goes uh, that betting. Oh. All right. So I guess it's me up first, and uh, let me get to it. So we can uh, get this ball rolling. Um, okay, so yes, we talk about a lot on this show. We geek out about a lot. Um, one of the things I don't get to geek out nearly as much and I would love to increase in 2023 is my kind of geeking out about anime and kind of Eastern <laughs> in general. Yeah, you hear that. We don't want to get sued. We can only play that much of it. But um, yeah, starting right at the top from what you see on the screen, uh, anime had an awesome year this year. It was a good time to be an anime fan. We had the debut of, you know, Chainsaw Man, which was a kind of beloved new manga and anime that launched this year. And MAPPA killed it again. I swear to God, MAPPA and Studio Bones may be holding up the entire anime game right now. We did this on this show and I watched it through to the season finale. I don't know if you guys did, but uh, yeah, Chainsaw Man was... I think the best oh, anime. I lost my login. <laughs> I yeah. lost my login mid, like mid Hulu time. Yeah, Disney I was, went nuts. They I they've was, done. Oh, I don't know what Disney's done with these passwords and logins. <laughs> they like don't believe I'm me half the time. It's nuts. But um, Chainsaw Man was dope. Uh, the animation, the story, the characters. I don't know how I'm gonna go in my life without like having power. At least just ragging on people or dancing every week. It was just a good story, a good premise that pulls you in. And again, is easy to understand with a fun kind of hook to it, which are these devils that can attach 
that come in different forms based on what they're based on, you know, and can transform people in, or, or entities into these kind of imaginative and horrific monsters. But beyond just Chainsaw Man, there was so much in anime. Mob Psycho 100's final season came out and it was dope. Um, yeah, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War arrived. My Hero Academia season six finally pulled out of a slump we've had for the last few seasons and totally killed it. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, One Piece. There's so much to talk about. Even on the movie side, Dragon Ball superhero coming through in making a significant hey, hit at the U.S. box office. Spy X, Spy Family, yeah. Spy Family was great. You know, there's so many kind of, if you were in the teen space, there were so many great teen romance, comedy, anime, and manga that hit. But it's just the time. Like, this stuff has become so mainstream. And I have friends that are like school teachers in public school and we're just who were like anime fans with me in the nineties when we had to go to like one store in your city and find the person who like imported this stuff. And it was called Japanimation and it all hung under some real weird sign next to the porn section. <laughs> I of the video remember store. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, like this was the days that I started in. So, Oh my God. Yeah. Seeing anime kind of take off this year and really become big. And I mean, it's been being big for a long time. Who are we kidding? But this year was just so good and rich with anime content that was like my number one appointment viewing every time it came on. Manga is just as strong. If you don't have a Shonen Jump subscription and you love like adventure action comics and you haven't broken that barrier yet, you definitely should get into the Shonen Jump deal. It's like $1.99 a month for limitless, awesome comic stories that are thrilling and come week to week or reading entire volumes you missed and getting caught up. And it's only going to be a better year next year. As people are already saying in the chat, like, yeah, we got the last Attack on Titan episodes. They're going to be wild. Um, Demon Slayer, I'm ready to come back again because Demon Slayer season two was dope. It's just a good time to be a fan. And it's not just anime. Like, it's been awesome to see just TV from, you know, Hong Kong, Korea, Japan blow up and become international mainstream over the last few years. Come and start, I mean, just back from Squid Game in 2020 being a phenomenon to all the other series that that helped people discover in the kind of, like I said, Japanese, Hong Kong, or Korean markets. Um, I'm watching, I posted right now, I'm watching Alice in Borderland to end the year season two, which again was like uh, another Squid Game-esque based on a graphic novel series. And I've been loving it. So yeah, man, uh, anime, Eastern TV and movies and stuff like that. I, I've been loving it. I love how the globe is kind of becoming a smaller place where this stuff is going to get more and more mainstream and a whole generation of kids really growing up with it as part of their uh, entertainment content block is so great. Mm -hmm. And yes, we, we have a mandate. Even Jim Viscardi is on board of us pushing more anime stuff and doing that next season. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to do that. So, uh, strap in Janelle and Matt. Uh -oh. it's, gonna get <laughs> well, it's, on, it's actually yeah. on my list of like things I want to do in 2023 is actually watch more because like Damon actually got me excited for spy family. I've heard good things about demon slayer chainsaw man ruled. I got a little bit of Dragon Ball this year. Like, I actually want to do more. Like, I actually want to watch more next. Or, I'm surprised you'd be a big My Hero fan. You should be watching My Hero Academia. I, I, like. I watched My Hero for the first couple seasons, and then I just kind of fell off. Well, it everybody not, did. It, it gets yeah. slow. It got slow. This season is is when, like, the real-ish starts with, you know, these kids having to go to war for real. 
and it's not disappointed. So that was good. And yeah, Alice in Borderland has been great. I even love some of the concepts in Alice in Borderland. Chinsaya is my man and the games they play, the concepts and stuff of some of the games are even better than, than Squid Game, I would argue. So check that out as well. All right. So that's what I was hyped and geeking about behind the scenes in 2022. Let's talk about what I'm hyped for in 2023 real quick. I had uh, two picks for 2023 and they are very succinct and simple. First thing I'm excited for in 2023 is Star Wars TV. Um, we, mm. we definitely geeked out about mm. enough Star Wars TV in 2022, but I'm definitely hyped for 2023. And there's two big reasons why. And that is the Mandalorian season three, as you see on the screen here, which is going to see Grogu and Mando go to Mandalore and try to fix that kind of civil unrest and get that planet restarted. And I think that's going to be a really dope story. And also Ahsoka, the Ahsoka live action series is supposed to come in 2023. And I am so excited to see Rosario Dawson and, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead being Harris and Dula and basically getting a Star Wars Rebel sequel series in live action with these characters all being played by awesome actors or actresses. We're getting Ezra, Hera, Sabine, Ahsoka. Uh, I mean, I got to figure we're going to get Zeb at some point because why leave him out? I mean, Kane is dead. That's a different story. We're getting, you know, Thrawn in that series. And I think that could be a pivotal series. So in one of the ones and we're hearing, it's going to dip into world between worlds, Star Wars multiverse. That's going to be nuts. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the Mandalorian for all the reasons we all already love that series. And I'm excited to hear more about what Star Wars TV does. I'm excited to learn more about when Andor season two is coming. If Andor has sparked them to do any more series that are more adult nature and that kind of thing. So I think Star Wars TV has been killing it and I'm excited for what this next year is going to bring. Finally, uh, on the movie front, I am excited for the Across the Spider-Verse sequel, which I am so oh, incredibly yeah. hyped for. <laughs> um, it's a funny thing when you have kids because kids go through development stages, like especially between like two and six, where they're where you basically get like reboots of your kid, like every couple <laughs> like a year or so, because their memory fades and they don't remember things that they did, you know, things they could be obsessed with. They don't remember anymore. So just last night I had a great time um watching my son who spent like all of 2021 watching Into the Spider-Verse. He's now four. His brain has grown. He's grown. And now he doesn't really remember any of it. So I put it on last night and he sat down and watched that thing like it was new. And he understood what? so much more of it. And he was just like, yo, what is happening here? Like, oh, my God, go spider. Because he watches like Spider-Man and Friends. And yeah. Amazing. And so oh I watched him basically like, watch this movie all over again and, and understand more of it. But it was new to him. And now he's like so hyped for Across the Spider-Verse. But it was just good. It reminds me how special this series is. I got to watch both this, the first one with both my kids when they were both about three or four. And it really was significant for both of them. And just everything I've seen for Across the Spider-Verse and everything I've heard planned has me so hyped for this movie. And I think it's, again, going to be both an awesome visual and movie spectacle of Spider-Man that we can only see in this format and a really deep and powerful story about what makes this one Spider-Man, Miles Morales, unique and different and special. Yeah. And, and even in a, and again, like, like our favorite movie, me and Janelle, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm -hmm. Why even the idea of there being infinite versions of how you could be 
but it's important to understand and value the version you are. And like, I think that's going to be a powerful theme of this movie. So yeah, I'm really psyched for across the spider verse and there are a few movies I would even place ahead of this as my most anticipated for next year. Man, that movie's gorgeous. So guys, it really I want to thank you all. That's everything I was geeking out about behind the scenes in 2022. That's what I'm hyped for in 2023. And uh, we'll do a full kind of thank you at the end. But uh, that's me. And that's my time to speak. So next up, we got Janelle Wheeler. That's me. Yay. Yeah. So um, as Kofi kind of said earlier, I was complaining. I'm like, oh, man, he wanted us to pick things that aren't <laughs> just super obvious. Right. And like, I think everyone knows that. House of Dragon and like She-Hulk and Moon Knight like are my clear like, oh my gosh, geek out moments. But I will say there is one series that just took my imagination by storm and that is The Sandman. Um, Oh! Yes. I... There are a lot of things about this series. I was really nervous. I thought it was a little like too much at first. I was worried that maybe it was like going to be too far like weird and maybe I don't understand what's going on. Um, but yeah, Sandman definitely did it for me. Right now, hold on. Let's let's just shift gears because I see what's <laughs> My second one is what we do in the shadows, which you guys both turned me on to. And this is such a fun, lighthearted, cheeky, like irreverent <laughs> so show. Um, it, it this season specifically, like I feel like it, it like they could have ended last season and just not even done this last this season that they did, and they they somehow kept it fresh and hilarious and exciting. It's a smart comedy. Like it, there's tons of like clever wit. It's just so fun. And the cast chemistry is, is crazy, crazy, crazy good. So um, much British humor. I love that show. Dude, it's, it's so, so good. freaking good. And the, it's just the cast, man. They're so good. And there's, I don't feel like there's anything quite like it. Um, it feels like the office meets like, a, I don't know, a mockumentary about Twilight or something like when they get older. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so funny. Um, but just to slide back into Sandman because I want to give it its proper shine. Um, I actually even have like, I have like a collectible figure of Sandman. Like this Ooh. is gifted to me. Like this is how much I'm into it. And um, like I'm reading the comics. I feel like the show does the comics proud. I feel like it was beautifully casted and acted. Um, And when I rewatched it, it was just as exciting. Like it was just as exhilarating. And um, it makes me feel very pumped to see where it's going to go from here. So those are my geek outs. Sorry, guys. I sent two and I think I confused the package, but that's fine. Um, What I'm geeked for is The Last of Us. Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Good pick. This is a, if you don't know, I started with comic book. I auditioned to be on a show called After the Dead. And um, I had an agent. She called me and she's like, you're literally the only person in my entire roster that I know is obsessed with The Walking Dead. 
can you go do this? <laughs> I was like, yeah. So um, I auditioned to work for a comic book and it was through The Walking Dead and Zombies that I got to be a part of this crew. So I'm a huge fan of post-apocalyptic stuff. And I did host that show for years with BD. And um, and I've been missing. I've been missing that side um, because it really is like my heart and soul of why I'm here. So I'm so pumped to see what they're going to do in television with this content. It's I cannot tell you how excited I am. And I have a feeling that this is going to have a cult following like The Walking Dead. Like my peeps, my Walking Dead fans, like we are hardcore. We go to conventions. Like we we love, we love our characters. We love The Walking Dead. I feel like this has the potential to do that um, again. And it's going to feel really good because I feel like I'm going to see a lot of my comrades over here with um, The Last of Us. It's the, I've read a lot on this because I'm so excited. They are going to take the game plot line. It might be the first. They might do the prequel. Um, they even said that uh, during this process, they found some moments that were supposed to be in the game that didn't make it. And they want to put it in the show. Like, nice. that's crazy. So that's yeah. like really rewarding. And I think this teaser trailer was spectacular. Like it just made me even more excited. It didn't reveal too much, but I know exactly what it's going to be about. I have not played this game. <laughs> I'm, I'm a streamer on Twitch. I play video games. I've never played this game. This is really? not... Yes, this is not a game. I'm oh I've God. watched playthroughs, but I've never yeah, played yeah. it myself. I'm not good at this type of gameplay. I don't care. I know that I'm going to be so obsessed with the show that I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to like stumble my way through this. I'm going to figure out how to play it. Like I need to be a real gamer. <laughs> so that's, I'm probably going to start this playthrough very, very soon. Um, and well, maybe along with like play it alongside the episodes as they air. So oh, very excited man. about just this to one. Answer the comments real quick. Um, no, you don't have to play the games to watch the show, but as people are saying, yes, The Last of Us is one of the best games I've ever played in my life in terms of bringing you into a story and making you feel like you're playing a dramatic story or movie or TV series and making you feel that way and feel for those characters. And yeah, it'll break you down emotionally. It is something you'll never forget when you play through. And I suggest any gamer... Unless you really know you're not interested in that kind of game, you know, yeah. obviously you can't. Or if you're that. not a gamer, but you're really interested yeah. in it, yeah. you can literally go onto Twitch, type in the game and find someone playing right. it and watch yeah, it. You can and watch participate. It. One of the yeah. best opening sequences to a oh, game yeah. ever. Um, <laughs> I also have a question, <laughs> big question looming over all of this is based on me and Janelle's just breakdowns, Matt, are you more excited in 2023 for Pedro Pascal with a helmet or Pedro Pascal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, with a helmet. Oh Not my God. Now, now here's the thing. That's just because I love the Mandalorian. Yeah. It's just, it's all like, and it's, and it's got Grogu. If the last of us had Grogu, we'd maybe have a, yeah, a fight. I don't know, but I am super excited for the last of us. Don't get me wrong. I am very excited. Uh, those games. I actually have not played the, um, I haven't, did I finish the sequel? I finished the sequel? <laughs> I can't remember if I you would remember. Okay. You I don't remember, remember if I did or not. Yeah, um, but you would yes, remember I, if you did. I've played the first one 
I own the I don't own the the newest remake. There was a remake and then I don't own the newest one uh, for next gen systems. But I am actually interested to go play that one because look, man, those those games are gorgeous. But yeah, very excited. Good picks, Janelle. Yay, thanks. Um, oh, it's me. Okay. Uh so yeah, so let's for me starting in 2022, one of the things that uh people people probably know if they follow me on Twitter. Uh, but uh, I don't get to talk about tabletop very much <laughs> on the show. And uh, that is like one of my my loves. And 2022, despite all the shipping chaos and all kinds of like economic stuff, whatever, 2022 was still a really good year uh, for board games. There were some amazing tabletop things. And for me, I'll just kind of roll through these a little bit. Um, actually, I'm going to start with one because Rich is involved. Uh, oh. Star Wars Legion. Star Wars Legion is I I I adore this game. It's it's fun. It's just basically armies versus armies, but of course it's in the Star Wars universe. So it is like you being able to pull out, you know, commanders. Um, and I started with a different one, so this is my fault. So I'm gonna switch this. <laughs> this is my fault. I put this first. So this is I'm gonna switch. Marvel Champions uh, has had a has had a stellar year this year. Uh, we got all like essentially it was like X Men City. It was X-Men Mutant Genesis was the expansion for Marvel Champions and brought in uh, Shadowcat and it brought in Colossus and then like this whole X-Men adventure. And then also we got like hero packs for Wolverine, Storm, Cyclops, Phoenix, and then like, you know, all these other characters are involved in these decks. So like if you were kind of waiting for X-Men love in Marvel Champions, you got it this year. And as a huge X-Men fan. I, I'm very excited about this. Uh, Wolverine is is awesome to play, by the way. So yeah, so it was a really good year for X-Men. Uh, felt like for a long time, because of all the licensing stuff on the film and TV side, X-Men didn't get a lot of love in like the multimedia side of things. Like it was like all these other Marvel characters, but the X-Men, no, no, like we can't have them. And so once that was kind of lifted, it's been really nice to have X-Men involved in things, whether that's TV or video games or in this case, tabletop. So Marvel Champions had a great year. Uh, and then moving to Star Wars Legion. So uh, me and Rich, uh, Rich is like my Star Wars Legion buddy. <laughs> I play Star Wars Legion with Rich all the time. And I'm sitting there, like always sending messages. Like, okay, I've, I've glued like all of these because you have to put the minis together right when you get them like from the box. So like I have to assemble all these armies on my table and everyone knows when I'm prepping for a Legion game because like my table is just full of super glue and <laughs> minis and all that stuff. But man, it's so when you get them on the table and you start like going back and forth and doing like tactics stuff and like, okay, well I can, I'm going to actually move my speeder bike and it's going to be over here, but I can counter it with like tauntauns. Like there's, it's so fun and there's just so much, it's so cool to get it on a big table. It's like one of those, just those really cool experiences. So I, I really enjoyed Legion. Uh, they keep releasing new stuff. They released uh, actually, uh, Mando and Grogu are in a like operative pack. So you can actually get them and they can be on your battlefield. <laughs> and and Grogu's awesome because he doesn't like super do anything unless like he's next to Mando. And it's it's awesome. Like there's just so much cool thematic stuff they do in those games. Super fun. I will add this one. I don't have any uh footage for it, but I will say uh 3000 Scoundrels is another game that came out this year as amazing and is essentially like takes the theme of there was this time traveler. And he left a bunch of stuff behind and he went back to the future. And now everybody in the old West is trying to get all that stuff. And it's just like a super fun, like there's this really cool mechanic with like 3000 different variables of these characters. Really cool. There's a lot of cool stuff in the, in the board games side uh, this year, moving to 2023. 
Uh, I'm going to one of the biggest ones I'm excited about is Disney Lorcana, which essentially it's their new trading card game. They they did a release at D23 with some cards and they are just stunning. And, you know, those they're going to do like a whole first set. These are the cards they released at D23. And it's just like, oh, my God, it's it's Disney in a trading card game. OK, that is like music to my ears. And as someone who is kind of never like fully like jumped into the magic side of things like wholeheartedly. I just never like could really jump into it. I always just missed, I felt like I always missed my window. <laughs> so I dabble, but I never really go in. This one has me excited because I can start here. It's some of my favorite characters. Look at the artwork. The artwork is amazing. There's a Robin Hood card. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited <laughs> about this. And uh, so this is going to be in 2023 from Ravensburger. Uh, this is like one of the more anticipated games of the year for a lot of people, but especially for me. Um, and then moving to uh, Marvel United, if you've in that X-Men love thing, Marvel United is a game from Simon uh, and Spin Master Games, and they did X-Men United this year. Well, for next year, they're going to do a Kickstarter for Marvel United, the multiverse. And this is again, like it's Captain Carter is like leading the graphic and it's going to be just all of these different multiverse characters in the Marvel universe. I am very excited to bring that to this game because I already love that game. It's like super easy to get people into. That's really easy to learn. And but it's got depth. And so all the miniatures are like adorable. They're awesome looking designs. I'm very excited for that. Uh, so that'll be my uh, tabletop side. And then, of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention Power Rangers because next year is a biggie because next year is the 30th anniversary of the franchise uh so not only we have two things coming from the power ranger side of things we have cosmic fury which is the next season of the show and it's going to be a 10 episode series hitting on netflix it's actually going to feature the cast of dino fury the current season and they're going to be moving like in the space and it's going to bring back the same cast which is like a huge deal that hasn't been done since mmpr so that's a huge deal in itself and then we have the 30th anniversary special which is the kind of bringing some of the original cast back and they have a lot of original cast people, David Yost, um, you know, Walter Jones, they're all, a lot of them are coming back for this special and that's going to be on Netflix as well. And there's not a lot about that yet, but just the extensiveness of the cast and 30th anniversary is a huge deal. So there's a lot going on in the Power Rangers world. And uh, earlier this year, I actually had the chance to talk to the Dino Fury cast for season two, which is on Netflix now. And uh, they gave us a, gave us a little shout out. So uh, why don't we why don't we roll that, Rich? Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Russell Curry, aka Zato, the Dino Fury Red Ranger. Hey, it's Chance Perez playing Javi Garcia, the Dino Fury Black Ranger. And this is the Comic Book Nation podcast. <laughs> hey, it's Hunter, your Dino Fury Pink Power Ranger. MTC, your Dino Fury Green Power Ranger. And we just wanted to give a massive shout out to the Comic Book Nation podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having us and being a valued listener. We love you. We love you. <laughs> hey, Comic Book Nation, it's Kai Moya, Dino Fury Blue Ranger. And I just want to shout you guys out and say thank you so much for all the support on our show on Power Rangers Dino Fury. And I hope you guys enjoy the second half of season two. That's me. Ending what the out heck? with a little love. And they went love. That's so we cool. We end the season floor with clout, baby. We got Dang. drops now. <laughs> Comic Book Nation. We got drops. And shout out to JDF for sure. 
Uh, Rich had a post of God, when he came awesome. into the studio and did something after the pandemic. And uh, yeah, we miss uh, Jason David Frank, RIP. And uh, yeah, thank you to the whole Power Rangers Dino Fury team right there. Matt got drops. Matt, what a big year you've done. You've done big interviews. You've gotten us big drops. You're out here hustling like you're actually hosting something. <laughs> Every day <Amazing>. I'm hustling. <laughs> okay, we went too far. We went too far. Yeah, JDF was our first interview in this new studio. They are the comic book uh, studio. So I'm stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. It's a good full circle way to kind of come around on season four. So thank you again, Matt, for those drops and the Power Rangers team. Now, Matt, let's do what you always came here to do, what you're really on this show to do. And uh, oh, wait, we're here to talk Witcher and comics. Yeah, this I thought that's what you were leading into. <laughs> oh, my God. This whole rest of the show is the real secret of our show, which is Matt's agenda, pushing Matt's agenda. <laughs> what you wanted to talk about? It. Podcast. <laughs> did I or did I get you? Or did sent you me a me message that said, I have to talk uh, about this. All right. I thought we were almost done. We were out of here. I'll say goodbye. But uh, all right. We'll we got some more to do. We got to talk about The Witcher Blood Origin. Matt gave us an early review. He got to see this early, but uh, now that it's out, it was out over the Christmas holiday. And so we all got to kind of check it out. And um, I'll say what I said to Matt, which is that I saw a lot of hate for this online and I really didn't get it. I was like, people are like, yeah, like really hating on this. And I do not get it. And I watched it. And then I, I took a break. And then before the finale, like the fourth episode, and then I watched the fourth episode. And then I had to go to Matt and be like, oh, Matt. Oh, oh, Matthew. Oh, no. But, <laughs> that was literally um, yeah. That was literally yeah. Oh, man. But um, no, but I enjoyed Witcher Blood Origin for the first three episodes, mainly because uh -oh. I love the actors playing the characters and I love the characters that we got to meet. Like, you know, I like a good heist, you know, story. And this was kind of a heist story in, about people recruiting, you know, this member and that member. And I thought that part was actually really good. I liked all the actors. I liked them in their respective main roles, those main characters from the Lark to the, um, you know, the whatever the dogs, or whatever the clan was um, that the main guy got kicked out of. And yeah. And, you know, Michelle Yeoh can do no wrong. And so, awesome. and yes. And then the, uh, the one little actress playing the dwarf was was really good too and she was and i loved all of that and i mean if nothing else this show really did make the case you know as peter dinklage was saying is you don't have to do like the lord of the rings hobbit things like when you actually get little people to play you know these characters it's actually pretty dope so there was a lot i did like about this so uh yeah but um overall the storyline the villains weren't the strongest in that finale episode. It was like the finale episode of Halo this year where you could tell they ran out of the budget way before that. And oh, no. We do got to finish this because, oh, yeah, no. the effects of those last battles and all that was, it was really rough. It was, oh, it was no. really rough. But, See, um, I didn't mind it. But I, but I get I know. it. I understand. I know. Like, but you're I, the biggest. You're also the biggest Witcher fan, so <laughs> I, I, you're gonna have a pass. Well, also too, I saw like because like when I first saw it, it was like the the actual like some of the effects weren't done yet. So like it was like oh okay well that's gonna get like oh yeah they can get a you little that, bit. Yeah. And so you don't know like there was like actually one scene where like the monster wasn't like the skin wasn't like the monster wasn't done yet, you know? So like, I was like, okay, like I don't like you take it with like, okay, I think they'll up that. And then when I rewatched it, um, you know, as soon as I could for that, just to see, and it was just in one episode it was in that finale episode. And like you're talking, it is a heavy 
intensive CG episode. I mean, there's like a huge fight. There's a prototype Witcher they have to do and stuff. So yeah, like, I, but I understand it. Like, I totally get it. So. Yeah, but I um, love my biggest issue with it was that like I would have been okay with the fifth episode because to what Kofi's saying, I think the strongest parts about it are just when they're together as a group. Yeah, and I just I mean, yeah, uh, a fifth episode ahead. to really look into that new status quo would have been helpful. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, but I but I agree. But yeah, I, I really liked it, and I do. Damon did raise a, a point, um, and I know we got to get moving. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, how much of like the hate is dessert, like, and how much of it is Cavill fans just be angry? There is a lot of that second. Um, I think once time moves on, you know, it, it's one of those things. Like right now, if you're paying attention to the Witcher verse, and you see tweets go up about Blood Origin, it really sucks because like all of the responses have to do with Henry. There's nothing to like the show like it's kind of an unfortunate timing thing where like when that released a trailer gets released for blood origin and it's literally just like how dare you how dare you how dare you why is henry leaving why is henry leaving what did you do to piss henry off and like that's all it is and that's like the reactions and that's why some of it i have to kind of funnel out and go like okay i don't believe some of that some of it's just legit criticism that's fine but there is a lot of that thing right now and as more and more reports come out it's not so one-sided but like some of that gets glossed over so it's unfortunate to me <laughs> that that timing worked out that way because it really kind of it screwed over this show a bit i i don't think some of the backlash would have been that much if the henry stuff doesn't happen when it does so that is unfortunate but i think as time goes on and stuff people will kind of you know be able to sort out how they really feel about the show and then if it's like whatever that's fine but you know, there is a little bit of that to that. So that's it. That's me on Witcher. Dude, I lo I'm loving it. I'm on right? episode three you. right now, and I was like bummed. I was <laughs> like, dang it, I have to pause this and get ready for this podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, I am I am right at a pivotal moment where someone decides to do something that might create something and I don't know where it's going yes. from there. So I will say you will at least really like up till halfway through episode <laughs> three. Um, yeah. And I, it's hard for me to deny Kofi because I'm usually on the same page. So now I'm really nervous for episode four. Yeah. Um, but this has been so fun and cool even just the intro like seeing a familiar face in the beginning and kind of realizing that they're like laying the story out for you it is uh it is fresh on my mind and i am chomping at the bit to like continue watching this um i oh, that makes me excited. i feel like it was long i wish it was longer i wish it was they just released like the four episodes and then there's a whole rest of the series right. to like anticipate stranger things that yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. I will I'm, be yeah. I will be very excited to hear what you think about the finale too. Yeah. Please let us know. Whew, I'm loving it so far. And I can't I again I have not played Witcher and I think some things are I'm not very familiar with lore or any of the thing that's going on. That that's not a problem. Like it's okay. <laughs> like you don't need to know everything to love this. So far. Yeah, based on the ending of this, I don't even know if there's ever a way to understand all of the lore of the Witcher. If you're, I mean, if you're diehard about this, I mean, there's no way that lore is going to get to the masses. It's so dense. Just yeah. the creation of how those 
Think of what? Of well, okay, okay. Well, we can't go in there. She hasn't seen the finale. I know, but it's just, <laughs> just a basic lore of like how this world of witchers and beasts. And I mean, that makes total sense to me. Up. I I know, but I'm just saying as as yes, it's for you, tabletop man. But I'm saying you the masses, like the, the average masses, anyway. <laughs> they can't. That this I'm trying to praise this show as saying it does a better job of kind of giving you the the brush strokes that mm-hmm. you need to understand. And then going from there, like I understand so much better, like what I saw in the first two seasons of The Witcher now. So I'm trying to praise it. That's true. That's a very good point. You're making it very hard. All right. Just talk about (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. So moving into the comics, Uh, we are going to start with Action Comics. 1050. Uh, this was a big issue. We've been talking about this issue actually for a minute um, because the you know return of Kal-El has been kind of leading to this. Um, this is also sort of a you know big launching point for no, we're backwards. Oh wait, okay. Oh hey, oh, for 2023, uh, which is really kind of shaping up to be at least the first half is is going to be a big year for Superman. Um, it really is kind of leading into a year of Superman at least early on because we're going to have three different books. Or sorry, two different books. But then, you know, we also have John Kent really folding into this. We see the stuff with Metallo shape up and we see a big thing between Lex Luthor and Superman, which, you know, at this point, they've they've faced each other so much that like it's it can be difficult to kind of come up with, you know, new scenarios and things like that. Interesting scenarios. Same way with like Batman and Joker. Right. They've just been going at it for so long. And I thought they did a good job here because this is more. And also from what the creators have teased, this is more of a like a beginning as opposed to just like this finale, like this closure between Lex and Superman on this particular path. This whole setup with the identity and 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 all that is actually more of a launching point for Lex's big story. So Mm -hmm. in that essence, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, If it had just been kind of an abrupt like, oh, here's their thing and and that's it, I would have felt like. I don't know. It wouldn't have been as much of a payoff, but knowing that is the plan, I'm excited for that. So yeah, there's just a lot of really good stuff here. I think what they've been doing with Superman has been excellent across the board in 2022, especially towards the second half of the year and having this kind of be also the, you know, relaunch of uh, John Kent's like younger years and that having that backstory with Jurgens. I just think there's so much to really like. So yeah, I think it's a promising start, but what'd you guys think? Um, I love it. I I've been, it's been surprising how low key good these new creative teams DC have put on Batman and Superman this year. Um, Williamson has really done a great job of kind of, as we've been saying, following this book, this book does a great job of capturing Superman the way I've personally always kind of wanted to start to see him more and less about the close up of who Clark Kent is more and not so much time spent in his head, but looking at the world around him and, what his presence does in that world and like how it affects people and things. And then kind of what this book did so well. And what I think filmmakers need to start doing is Superman's a character. You don't have to see in close up in some ways, pulling back out and watching Superman from long range allows you to see so much more of the feats. And I love the way this book did that of just showing you like the sound barrier that bubbles that he's breaking when he's moving, like when he's flying like in there's constant kind of depictions of him just being a trail of burst sound barriers, right? Like two or three sound barrier bursts as he's moving from one place to another. And that's all you see in the page is a little dot of him 
and these big sound barrier bursts. And it gives you the kind of godlike epicness and especially that fight with Lex in space. And when he begins to just say stuff that is major Superman kind of changes and advancement about how he can move, how he can cover distance and do all this stuff. But it's just depicted like a classic super superhero battle with like artwork that is really uh, you don't expect for Superman. He's very cartoony and fighting awesome stuff, artwork. But works so well yeah. mm-hmm. for giving you that classic comic book grandeur and epicness. And it's and it's silly comic book stuff. It's a fight in space, you know, between Superman and Lex Luthor in the classic battle suit. But it feels serious. It feels like there's stakes. Um, they've done a good job to make you feel like Lex is actually fighting with a purpose. There's something to prove here. And it's a classic Superman Lex battle, but it feels modern and new. And I really do hope that there's a lot of this that is being done as to test as a launch pad test run for how they can reinvent Superman on the screen, because this is what we need. It's yeah. new, it's modern, but it's classic. They got a Star Trek Strange New Worlds, this thing. And this book is really kind of doing that. And like you said, it's making you care about the new elements too. Like I care about Jonathan Kent and him getting the, you know, no way home kind of, uh, you know, new chance to live his life and secret identity and what he does with that. But that character is interesting. Even discussions they have about Lois in here and who mm-hmm. she should be versus who she is are interesting. Metallo's interesting. Lex, these are all classic things. Bilbo, you know, not Bilbo. Um, what's his name? Oh God. Superman's uh, the cab driver guy i can't believe i'm I'm blanking on his name but um anyway everybody in superman's world is interesting superman as a figure is interesting and this comic is really depicting him in the right way and i'm excited for this new era and i hope it keeps up like this Mm -hmm. yeah agreed i'm very very impressed with this comic when i first opened it up i was like oh god this is going to be a long one And when I started reading, I completely lost track of time. I didn't care. Um, And it just, I I was like, you know, flipping pages, digital pages, like as fast as I could. Uh, And that's always a really good sign for me. I feel like you guys kind of talked about what it's about, but um, it felt unique, but familiar at the same time. So I felt really comfortable in the space with these characters, but also learning new things about all of them as well. Um, so I feel like that's that's just a really good a really good way to start it off. And there were so many to be continues. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm like, oh, we have to keep reading this. <laughs> like we have to know what. Like, well, you- yeah, I haven't seen that many like t like button scenes since like yeah. uh, Death and Return of Superman. <laughs> yeah and that's really cool because i feel like it could get kind of annoying like oh my gosh what is this but no it had me kind of on the edge of my seat waiting like i want to know what's next well that's man that's amazing yeah and i just love that uh you know it it felt like at the beginning of the year we started by talking so much about batman yeah and even like in the burnout phases of like yeah. i had to reel in batman books not even just like janelle was very open of like oh like, i'm gonna but like same here like it was just yeah. like oh my god there's so much batman and it's just awesome that we end in a spot where it's like we've been talking about a lot of superman and it's great like it's awesome mm-hmm. to see that kind of refreshing um and then moving into the other refreshing uh book over on the marvel side is exterminators uh and i look i am so I, I love this book. This issue is no different. There's so many delightful moments. I'm also sad because we're one issue away 
from the from the finale and i'm i'm very sad because i want this to continue in some form or mm-hmm. fashion this has just been such a bright spot this year uh in just the x-men line but also just in marvel's uh output and again like there's just so many fun moments in this book uh you know i i think schnicked stank will live on in my memory for forever as far as a term that i never thought i'd hear <laughs> um, how about like, x ladies te- teasing somebody about a p fetish which you don't oh my god there's getting an x-men comic there's so much in this book that is just off the wall but they the, the characters themselves just always feel like themselves it never feels like they're playing it just for a joke like it just feels like you know it's part of their personality and their interactions with each other and like even the stuff with you know the vampire you know nation and like all that stuff like jubilee's whole rant about like you actually owe us money like this whole thing and it just feels so everything just feels so genuine fun so i'm gonna stop talking about this one what do you guys think i love this book that's it i pushed it i said it's coming on the list i was actually kicking myself that i didn't put it in my favorite comics choice list I did two Batmans. That's how my brain was kind of warped on Batman this year. But uh, I should have put Superman this in there. Like, yeah, because this week kind of reminded me these have been two of my favorites of the year. But Exterminators is an X book. Like, they need to just go for it with more of X-Men in this new world of Krakoa. There's so many weird things you can do. That, and the weirder, the, the more wonderful. I've been loving the Mr. Sinister focus storylines and how yeah. weird they are. There was one where he gets a, a um, Edge of Tomorrow issue where he just tries to kill the quiet council so many times in immortal X-Men and has to live different lives. And this book is just so great. Like, you know, you can do all your a four sequences you want, but like letting a good creative team take some female characters out for a spin and letting them just kind of let loose is the most fun I've had in a long time. And I hope to see more of it because just from the conversations about how good Dazzler's dumper is to just, you know, dealing with, them trying to psychologically and emotionally crush a vampire for being kind of like a P feta ish guy. <laughs> like, this book is so wild and just the scenes of them. And my favorite ones are the kind of present day cutbacks when they're trying to explain all this to the quiet council and seeing like Xavier react to them is great. <laughs> Jubilee boom, boom. I don't think has been more relevant since she accidentally blew so saber tooth cell open back in the nineties. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Um, Dazzler. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all these characters who often can get pushed to the side, except for Laura Wolverine and seeing them come together and stand out is so great. I love this comic. You know, it's everything comics should be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same Kofi kind of explained the whole thing very well. It's just so <laughs> fun. It's such a good time. I'm laughing like the women are so sexy. Like I love all of these outfits and I love their like strength and kind of like wit and, you know, snappiness and they're just powerful. And um, it is crazy. They do touch on topics that are pretty heavy and a little like, holy smokes. Like they're talking about that. There's my, there's Yondu (laughs) behind me. Uh, But, but it's, it's so well done and they, they definitely they don't hold back in this comic. It's it's great. Yeah, it's uh, and it's one of those things we it it like breaks the formula, right? This is not what we expect from yeah um, a Marvel book. I will say, like even yeah. just, even a DC comic, like this is not what you typically expect from from comics, unless it's kind of like on the image side or the independent side, that kind of thing. So when you get one that just goes for it like this and doesn't kind of really. <laughs> doesn't have a ton of boundaries <laughs> just mm-hmm. moves in and lets right. their characters just be 
It's awesome. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I got to say, I got to give Janelle props because she put this in her list. And I look, I love my top three. But damn it, after that list, I went, oh, I should have put that in there. Janelle rep, man. Janelle did it. So props Let's to Janelle go. for including. Yeah, I mean, somebody said 2022 <laughs> X-Men books deserve more of a highlight than we gave them. I know they can be divisive on here. But um, yeah, Inferno, X-Lives and Deaths of Wolverine, Exterminators, X-Men mm -hmm. Red was an MVP this year. Yep. Immortal X-Men has been interesting as hell. Like they've really done, they've really done it. This they've year, done so. some good stuff. Congrats, yeah. um, so. And then last um, but not also, least will be me. Oh yeah, sorry. A uh, well, Power Rangers. I had a quick shout out before you get oh, into this. Ahead. I just got quick shout outs. Um, people mentioned in the comments too. Uh, we didn't come back to it, but I did finish it. And Wonder Woman Historia was an awesome oh, book. That is beautiful. That should be on some people's coffee tables. And that was a great read and just really deep and adult look at Wonder Woman's origin. That's beautiful and makes you even look at that character even more of a goddess if that's possible and nice house on the lake which was oh, one of my yes. favorite books of the last couple of years which i have not read the finale no spoilers i'm in the middle of the last issue but yeah one of the greatest mysteries and i think one that'll really benefit from a graphic novel is going to be one of the great graphic novels when it's all together um so yeah shout out to those comics too good books man good books uh last but not least uh ending the year on a on a perfect note for me is a uh, mighty Morphin power rangers teenage Mutant ninja turtles 2 Number one, uh, from the amazing team of Ryan Parrott and Dan Mora. The first one, if you didn't read it, was literally like Ryan is a giant Turtles fan and he also happens to be a giant Power Rangers fan. So the enthusiasm just like came through. And Dan Mora is one of my favorite artists. Dude has been killing it this year between Once in Future and then all the stuff he does every year on Claws and then uh, World's Finest and then this dude is like on my mvp list for artists so yeah this one's just again we're actually back in this world and it's like the turtles have like tech for to make them like to give them human forms now because in the previous one they actually were able to turn into rangers it's just fun like that like it's just if you were a fan of the movies the t uh team and t movies in the show and you're a fan of power rangers this is just fan service on a awesome level but it also like makes these characters interesting they have a interesting story at heart we get a new ranger it's just so much fun. Like seeing my seeing like them order a pizza is hilarious because it's just <laughs> it's that kind of stuff. It's just ridiculous stuff. And I and I love it. And this book is gorgeous. So anyway, that is uh, that is actually out now this week. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get to uh, talk to Ryan all about the series, uh, maybe on a future future show. But yes, yeah, so that'll be my mentions there. Really good year for comics. But that is comics. And this has been Comic Book Nation Season 4. We are the only show that does it all for geek culture. And uh, in our closing segment, I just want to say, you know, it, it has been crazy. We've been doing this show for four years now. Um, when we started, it was supposed to be something completely different. It was supposed to be kind of about our workplace at the comic book offices and all the crazy things that happened there. We were going to pull people in. It was going to be all this other stuff. And then we had to slog through those two years of the pandemic. And yeah, that was pretty wild. That was pretty crazy. Um, I mean, I'll be sure I'll be admit there was a point that like, I wasn't even sure I wanted to keep going and doing this because it was just like, we were just struggling just like the entertainment industry just to keep it on. But um, that's all kind of come around. I got to say this year has been my favorite year doing this show. Uh, it's wow. been just yeah. great. And I feel like, in a weird way, it took us four seasons and, you know, some comparative learning, but I think we really hit our stride this year, kind of realizing what it is we do best, you know, covering all these different things for geek culture. 
Um, I want to thank everybody in the Paramount Plus side of things who kind of got our show up on Paramount Plus. Thank you. Started streaming, streaming it. It's been a game changer for us and for the show, just in how we look at it and what our goals are, which are kind of making sure we can help people who love this stuff, but are kind of more casual or mainstream, kind of get into learning about more, a variety of things they may discover they didn't see before and getting them excited about that stuff. And that's my favorite feedback from the show is, Oh, I was randomly saw you and I discovered you guys like on Paramount plus or something. And I just was interested in all the stuff. I knew like something about that, but I like learned so much more when I was watching and, and that's awesome. I want to thank all our regular fans, all the people who hop on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook, you know who you are. There's too many of you to name, but I can try like Damon and Brywood and Treesis and everybody. I know I'm leaving a bunch of people out, but uh, all <laughs> of you guys know where I'm just, I'm literally reading the latest chats. Mm -hmm. So people, everybody who hops on every week, all in the game on YouTube, everybody. Sorry if I had not mentioned you by name, but thank you. We see you guys and we love you guys. You guys keep us going. We're going to do more fan events in 2023 so we can interact with you more. We've been busy, but now that we got our ground underneath us, I think we're rolling nice and steady here. Um, yeah, we want to thank all the people behind the scenes. You know, you barely see Richard, Peter, who has made, who came in this year and made all our awesome graphics and yeah. photos that get us noticed a lot of places and get us just views and viewers based on <laughs> the absolute absurdity of the pictures we make. Um, all the ladies you don't know who are involved in helping us from... Aaron and Jill and Jen Casperson. You don't know who any of these people are, but they're a bunch of ladies who help make this show look good and do our graphics, do our new logo, all this stuff that we need. Everybody, John Mason, all everybody who runs the studio. Thank you to everybody. We really, really do appreciate you guys and everything you do and uh, making this space so we can just come on here and, you know, there's been pretty wild in the last couple of years. We've all had stresses from raising families. Janelle's trying to get a wedding off for like eight years. <laughs> Yeah. Matt and me just trying to, you know, Al Bundy it out here and do all that. <laughs> you know, pick. I don't have a weapon, um, but uh, try to Al Bundy it all year. And this has been really some much needed space at times, whether you guys know it or not for us to just mm -hmm. forget all that yes. um, and get out of here and just leave all those problems behind and talk Heck with you yeah. guys about stuff we like to geek out on. And yeah, we love it and we appreciate it. And we appreciate you guys. And like I said, I think for me, this has been the most fun year of this show yet. And <sighs> Hopefully they don't cancel us, but even if they do, I mean, we did four years. They can't. I mean, take that away. We did it. We're in syndication, show. baby. Yeah, we're syndication now, baby. Uh, we've done enough episodes, but um, yeah. Uh, I, I, we, but I mean, there's no, that's just a joke. There's no word that they're canceling us, but um, just we hope to come back in season five and even keep going with this new, even more fun era of the show and get more people involved and, and do more interactive stuff. So. That's my spiel. I want to thank all you guys again. This is a very important space, a very important show. We love doing it for you. And we want you guys to have a safe, fun new year. And we'll come into the darkness of 2023 in these winter months together and uh, continue having fun. But um, that's my thing. Janelle, Matt, if you guys want to say any final sign off for the end of oh, the season, please do so. Just you don't have to, not mandatory. Just thank you so much for uh, letting me be a part of your family. And it's awesome to be, have you guys in with us and we can all just like geek out together. It means so much. Uh, and like Kobe said, it means more than, you know, your support, you guys being here and believing in us means so much it really does. Thanks for accepting me as a comic book noob. And I hope I'm making you proud. <laughs> 
And my dog is, his name is Yondu. So I feel like that gives me some clout. Uh, Yondu's amazing. Uh, just <laughs> jumped on there and took the show. He's uh, just yeah, I mean, is over. Get off. Mommy's he's, he's, uh, yeah. I think you said it really, I think you guys said it really well. You know, thank you to everybody. It's, it's been amazing to be part of this. Um, you know, thank you to all our amazing um, co-hosts that jump in here and, and are, you mm. know, just, it's, it's big. They become a part of the extended family, Spencer, Nicole, Connor, you know, it's, it's awesome having you guys in Evan and um, you know, we just, this is a, this is a really cool family. So, you know, thank you for, for letting me be a part of it. And um you know, shout out to uh, Bianca Belair. There you go. Hey. <laughs> Got to get a pop in before Love the thing it. ends. That's it. There it is. All right. And so for the final time in season four, I get to say this is Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. If you're just discovering the show now, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. We're on all of them. If you want to watch the show, please do so on our YouTube page at the Comic Book Nation YouTube page. Or you can watch us every week on Twitch and Facebook live as well. Join the community. It's so much fun to comment. If you want to talk to us, you can find us at Comic Book Nation on Twitter. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And I see you in the comments saying Jared Leto is a great joker. You're awesome. <laughs> That's how hey, we're ending the season. The Matt with is. lies. Love with lies. lies. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Although I do love that scene in Justice League. So there was a big debate about that. That Batman Joker scene I do enjoy in Zack Snyder's Justice League. So yay, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's all I'm going to say. That's the all end of season right. four. Peace. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>